Good evening, everyone. How's, how are you all getting on? A lot of you. They told me to imagine me naked and it would ease the nerves, but it's actually made it worse, I have to say. Uh, you're very welcome to the 42.E's Evening with Ronan O'Gara, brought to you in association uh, with Aldi, proud sponsors of the IRFU's Aldi Play Rugby program, a free form of non-contact rugby available in primary schools nationwide. You can sign up for that on the Aldi website. And it's also with thanks to Aldi that we've got a pair of tickets to give away for the big one this weekend. You've been told about it, so all you have to do is tweet your question using the hashtag AskRog, and we'll ask the great man later on towards the end of the show to pick the best question, and that person will go home with the tickets. Uh, there will be an interval in the middle of this, about half an hour, the bar will be open then again, and you can bring your drinks inside after the interval, I've been told. If that goes wrong, actually, don't blame me. Uh, <laughs> but this is also brought to you uh, with thanks to the Irish Examiner, who made Rog available for what we hope will be a fascinating insight, not only into his own career and the coaching side of things and playing side, but into the game uh, this weekend as well. My own name is Gavin Casey. That is enough for me, if you'll allow me to firstly introduce my esteemed colleague from the 42.e, the finest rugby journalist in the country, the riding pride of Waterford, Ireland, Mr. Murray Kinsel, everybody! Everyone, thanks for that introduction. No, no problem at all. Nice words. No boards there, everyone. Murray, busy week for you. It's been a busy week, yeah, it's been a good week. Um, obviously started this kind of run in Chicago, great time. Humans week was good as well, and obviously a bit more interest in that game. It's really taken a step up this week, hasn't it? Sunday, was sitting at home, chilling out, and suddenly Steve Hansen calls a presser, decides to throw it in there that Conor Murray's gonna start. Uh, since been proven folly, but um, yeah, it's kind of picked up from there. Ian Foster, their assistant coach, uh, was kind of stirring things as well yesterday, talking about Bundyaki and a few more things. So. It's been, it's been interesting, a bit more spice to it, and, and this is the big one. Everyone's been talking about it all, all year. Yeah, they're often, I suppose, described as a humble team, the All Blacks. Uh, there's self-described. Self-described, <laughs> okay, so they, they emit a sense of humility. How arrogant is this? No, I'm only joking. Would you say their humility plays a role in their success, Murray? Because they, uh, you know, for example, when they made available a couple of players for media duties, there certainly seemed to be a message behind it. It was uh, Ryan Crotty and... Uh, Dane Coles, yeah. Dane the Coles the offload the and the try score, yeah. yeah. So it probably brought up a few memories as well. Uh, Bowden Barrow was out as well. They're putting out the big guns. Look, it's the end of their season. It's um, a, a big opportunity against the second team in the world just to, to rubber stamp them, themselves as, as the top side. So yeah, they're taking this one very seriously. Yeah, spicy is how you described it. And of course, uh, now, if you're not aware, when we walk into the 42 HQ every morning, there's just reams of fan mail for this man from <laughs> men, women and children. But there was one particularly That's interesting piece of correspondence <laughs> that you uh, received during the week from that part of the world. I was wondering, yeah. would you maybe elaborate a little bit? I know it's uh, difficult for you now. It's, yeah, it's it is actually kind of hard uh, to bring this up. But um, yeah, this was last week. So we were talking to Greg Feek about the perception of Irish rugby in New Zealand, how it's changed over the last 10, 15 years. He's talking about guys 15 years ago over there may not have even known some of the players' names or most of the players' names, whereas now Ireland have Kiwi coaches coming over to visit and, and to come into camp and study their methods. So it's certainly changed a lot. I wrote a piece about this, thought it was a really nice piece and um, humble piece. Um, yeah. But uh, I came into the office uh, the next morning uh, pep my step, excited about the All Blacks game, and I got this uh, pretty vicious email. Uh, the title was Bullshit. Um, so yeah, uh, I actually have the email here, if people want to, yeah. <laughs> this feels like a confession. That's harsh, yeah. that's harsh. Feels like a confession, but I'll read it out anyway. 
Uh, so the title is Bullshit. It says, I'm from New Zealand and they laugh about Irish rugby. I don't know where, where you get your hype, but it's all bullshit. You're another little asshole trying to play up their little country's rugby team and culture. It goes on for a while, keep going. <laughs> Firstly, you have one of the most internationally influenced sides on the circuit, without which you'd be 10 times worse off. Agreed? Uh, wait for the first game and see how Ireland fare instead of trying to play up a second-rate team. It annoys me so much, riders like yourself, who five years ago didn't even know the rugby rules, and now they're the best pundits in the country because they watch a little telly. <laughs> Riding up your little team's greatness at this stage after poorly winning against a poor Italy team, now they're world beaters. What a effing joke. And he wrote effing, in fairness to him. So he did. So just, to, <laughs> yeah. just to be clear there, he, he, he took he took a... The, yeah, it says F dot dot G. Okay, but he called, you, he called you an asshole with no asterisks. Yeah, yeah, he went hard. He misspelled it. He actually did misspell it, but um, okay. it goes on. World rankings don't always reflect the strength of the teams, so if that's where you're getting your hype from, don't get too excited, mate. Chirp down. And then this was a bit that really cut. I actually um, saw you reading this part of it, and I... Yeah, it says, I hope you'll write in your post-match report how wet behind the ears you were, and maybe stick to the Gaelic football reporting. Yeah. <laughs> That hurts. Your next headline will probably be, ABs are shitting themselves facing Ireland. What a joke, mate. Keith. <laughs> and I'm delighted to say we're joined, but... Uh, <laughs> but you know what? We do have the perfect candidate from this little country of shit rugby players to set the record straight. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please join me in giving a warm round of applause for our, our special guest this evening, Mr. Ronan O'Gara. Yeah, great to be here. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Sounds a chat. <laughs> you, you had a bit of trouble finding the place? Um, no, I just... Um, I don't, kind of... I got the email to be here for 6.30, but 7.28 will do fine. <laughs> it's just... Uh, it's not rude, I hope. It's just the way I roll. I just think I... <laughs> I prefer to be under pressure and that make me perform better. But thank you and thank you and thank you to Adrian for having me. I realise that uh, it's a, a great opportunity for me to share my thoughts with the people of hopefully Ireland, Dublin, wherever. But uh, if you have um, thoughts, keep them and pose questions at the end because uh, I'm sure there are some great brains in the crowd that may have some good ideas. Uh, I don't have all the solutions far from it, but... What I want to do is get better and then someday hopefully represent this shitty little country of ours. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's like a humble Kiwi already, isn't he? That's the thing, yeah. There's, uh, well, how have you been getting on, actually? You described it in an Irish Examiner column of yours as almost like a master's course going down there. How have you found it so far? Yeah, it's brilliant, yeah. Like, um, I think the biggest, I suppose... Um, finding I, I would have, I think I'm, well, judging by your reaction, it's, I find I'm a lot more positive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see, I probably, from my year of a rugby player, I might have been a, a glass half empty man, but that would have been probably having not got out, because when you play for Munster, you play for Ireland, you're the kicker, uh, number 10 for over 10 years, and 
what a privileged position it was, but I probably put myself under too much pressure to perform and felt that uh, how I play today is really going to decide how people wake up on Monday. That was what it was told to me, but that's not really the case, as you know. <laughs> it's important in a little sporting bubble, but it's a great responsibility to have to go to Tormund Park every weekend and play with a great uh, team, and it was a great team, um, and to play with Ireland. And I think the country that we have, there's a brilliant connection between the rugby supporters and the rugby players. Uh, and I think they might like to think that they see a little bit of themselves and us and we're accessible and it's um, because it was kind of an amateur game. I was in UCC and it was training Tuesdays and Thursday nights and then all of a sudden it became a fully professional game and you're a so-called celebrity, you know, which wouldn't be my cup of tea. <laughs> Did you, when you mentioned that you were, you put it upon yourself, like to, I suppose, represent your region and make sure that they weren't wake up, waking up on a Monday morning disappointed. Like, did was that something that you felt you needed in order to perform, or was that something? No, that sort of I think it was just probably, maybe the mindset at the time, kind of a little small province. Who are we monster to go to France and win, or who are we to win Heineken cups? But that was the norm because that journey hadn't been done before and um, I think that's um, what we take a lot of pride in the Munster is winning a, a, a European Cup but people from Ulster will say well they actually did it first but we actually say mm. it's a Heineken light <laughs> <laughs> because, the, <laughs> because there was no um, was it not French or English teams Murray that weren't there no, yeah no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was no English teams. French, isn't it? Or no, because they beat Colombia. Oh, that's right. Final. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, I say it was the um, the Celtic League plus the French teams. They won, you know. But um, <laughs> that's what that was the great thing about it. But now, if you look at guys like Jordan Larmer, is it? Or I like to call him Lamore. Jordan Lamore. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds better that way, actually. Exactly, doesn't it? Yeah, it's good. You kind of just like them all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Jordan Lamour and um, <laughs> James Ryan. Like, they've come into an environment where, well, you look at his record where he tasted, he didn't taste defeat in his first season, didn't he? Yeah, 20, 21, wasn't he? Like, the pathway there is for him to, or the norm for him is, well, it'd never be the norm, but he's challenging for, for European Cups. While at the start, when your standards are that, pathway isn't there you look upon things a bit differently but now thankfully it's what Joe has brought has been a measure of consistency from 2013 yeah. on so it's embedded and um, you know I think Johnny said during the week about it do you want to be a flash in the pan but our, the Irish team isn't the flash in the pan no you know the, the work is is done but obviously the the big climb is ahead of them in the next 12 months yeah, you mentioned that record though. Like, there's a pressure that comes with that as well, isn't there? Like, it was almost with James Ryan. Like, there was a, almost a sense of relief when everyone wasn't talking about that record anymore. But I guess as a player, you'd rather be in the position where that's the pressure. Yeah, well, it's. A, yeah, I think uh, there's a good expression Dan Carter uses: "The pressure is a privilege." You know, so if you're feeling pressure, it means that you're you're in a good position in a position that's people are kind of interested in. So that's the kind of Kiwi mindset about things a, a little bit when one of the uh, 
round, well, what are the our league games this year in, in the Super Rugby campaign? We played the uh, Hurricanes in, um, in in Christchurch, our home ground, and we were depleted up front. And uh, I kind of said to the boss man and the captains, Ron, I said, if there ever is there a time for the Hurricanes to beat us, it's tomorrow. And I just got the debts there from him, kind of going, <laughs> what's your problem, you know? But he didn't say that to me, but he was about to kind of swing at me, I think. <laughs> and I Big just guy. said, well, like, we've a lot of injuries and there's, uh, the, our, our, the Hurricanes are loaded and they should have a group. If they're going to win, it'll be tomorrow. And he goes, mate, I don't see it like that. You know what I mean? Any young player that's come in for me has performed. I can't wait to see these young guys rip in tomorrow night. And fast forward 24 hours, a lot of names that you'd never heard of. We did a number on them, you know, and it was just uh, a good way of kind of just saying, why look at what can go wrong? Why not think this can go really well? While mm. I think the Irish in me would have been, oh, this could go wrong, this can go wrong, this go wrong. Forget about that. Just start embracing the positivity in it. Uh, how in, so how influential has Scott Robinson or Robertson rather been in that transition? And like it seems to be over a very short space of time. I think you mentioned in a column in the past that it, you, it changed your mindset entirely. Yeah, it's great because it's great if you're at the, you know what I mean? It's one of the best clubs in the world, but it's great you can have fun too and it's not work, 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 get in early and go home late. He is a great thing about you know maximising your time and maximising the players' time. When we're on, we're on. But when you're off, you can have to crack. You know what I mean? So the lads laugh a lot during the day, which over a period of a week there's a lot of laughing done, which is a good environment. But when we're working, we're working. So you just got to know. You know what I mean? That for video sessions or meetings, uh, all our capacity to retain information is. And some people have. I'm well able to retain a lot of information. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know what I mean? You've got to have one or two points. But, like, if you're doing that every day, it's a lot of info at the end of a week. So just cut that down, make them killer points, or the critical view, as they call it, and then um, get out and, uh, and train. But then recover, review, be better the next day. And you kind of build the blocks like that, it becomes quite powerful. Just on, just on Razor, like we were down there in 2016, we did a kind of project just before the Chicago match um, and met him for the first time. And then during the lines again, Scott Robertson, he's just, his positivity is incredible. We met him, he took myself and another journalist on a little tour around Sumner, showed us where yeah. he used to go, like paddle boarding. We ended up playing a match for his rugby. Yeah, he, loved, he, lo <laughs> he loves getting into a singlet. That's his. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you, yeah. I, hope, I hope that's recorded, yeah, he loves it. <laughs> he loves a singlet. Um, so, no, but I think it, that's an easy front, but he's hugely okay. prepared underneath that. Yeah. And understands the game really well, but then gets it from what the players want. So I think what he's brilliant at is not cluttering players. So just feeding them the right amount of information, but also then... If it's 50-50 between a bonus play or not put or not put it in the menu, he'll err on the side of not putting it in okay. or just play. So, uh, you know, I think he's um, he's you know the guy is a winner. You look at his CV as a, yeah. as, as a coach; it's impressive. Yeah. More importantly, has he taught you how to break dance? 
<laughs> he does it after when they win when they win a trophy. He does a break dance. And it's very impressive. He's mulling it over here, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, saying what I can say to that. <laughs> uh, no, there's the Bog Pub in Christchurch got hit hard when we won, okay. so it was good. But uh, I don't know what I sang, but I definitely attempted something. But uh, yeah, you see, when a guy's good at break dancing, you either are shit hot and you destroy him. Or else you don't attempt it. So, <laughs> you got to know your limits. Know who you're playing against. Yeah. Ryan Crotty mentioned during the week that when he first met you down there, he felt you might have been a little bit apprehensive, a little bit nervous, yeah. because you went down as a winner, but also you're moving into a, a new environment. And it kind of reminded me of something you'd mentioned in the past about when you were a very young player at Munster playing alongside your Galways and Clausies and like the great Chan and back row that you would have to earn their respect before making your opinion known. Mm. Was it similar going down there as a coach, like a, a new face to them? I think as a coach, you've obviously, it's very different. But you've more of a responsibility. But I was kind of more in the telling them and trying to prove to them that I knew my rugby. Well, then I kind of got pulled aside by the boss uh, after three months kind of going, we, know, we wouldn't have signed you if you didn't know your rugby. So stop trying to prove that in every meeting. It's okay to take a breath. Just kind of reassess um, throughout the meetings as opposed to just kind of talking. So it's very much a kind of a shared forum. Some great brains in the room and as I say, uh, if, if I'm the only one that's kind of coming up with the players, then there's 16 guys here that are going to lose out. So it would be more the shared knowledge system okay. uh, with some brilliant, br brilliant uh, players that don't play that often, but yet that's the culture in the Crusaders. I think that whether you're a four-choice scrum half or whether you've 150 caps for the Crusaders, your viewpoint is really respected, which wouldn't happen in a lot of other environments. That, that phrase you have, it was it, tell me I'll forget, show me I'll remember, involve me I'll understand. Is that, is that how it actually works? Is, yeah. is that very much the case? The yeah, are... yeah, yeah. So a lot of pre-meetings. WhatsApp is very important, so video clips and WhatsApp, they just want critical view, don't be wasting time with 20 scrums on this side and 20 scrums on that side, or 20 lineouts here, just... So what's that, a little bats group, and here's the yeah. starter play, here's what I thought you did well? Uh, no, not even that, just get images and then discuss first thing, or uh, images, any, any thoughts straight away, bang them in, then you just get a bit of a group debate going. Okay. Then you meet with the kind of... Uh, the leaders, then you, I talked to Richie Mwanga more because he's a number 10, mm. and I talked to Mitch Hunt, number 10, and uh, they're the guys that are going to be running at Saturday, so it's not really what I want. It's I can give my viewpoint, and they'll go, yeah, yeah, great. Raj, that's shit. We'll put that instead. <laughs> <laughs> I sure, did that happen, that, No, but it's... It, you prefer that than them kind of nodding their head, yeah, and then go out and change it. At least then, yeah. menu's decided. Our menu is to be um, tried against opposition, which, as you know, on paper is one thing, it sounds great, but actually, how does that look against a three and a half or a four up? And vice versa on their plays, you know? So you just, there has to be constant tweaking, but I don't mind that. Yeah, and it's good, like, I guess at the start it's a kind of different experience, but that does push you as a coach to, yeah. to be sharper all the time. Yeah, it does, exactly, and it's, um, it's normal, you know what I mean? You don't want to get locked into stale plays or, yeah. or, or stale ideas. You need something that's, like, the beauty of rugby is that 
there are so many components that uh, all nearly have the same value. So how can you how can you say that uh, you know what I mean? The line out is more important than the rock. It's only when you have deficiency in one area that you're kind of going, that didn't go well today, you know. Mm. So that's like that's you know what I mean? Turnover ball is deadly, but at the same time, if your scrum is getting penalised, so I, yeah. I think it's. It's very hard to prioritise a certain area in the modern game. When you went down the road originally, I suppose there's maybe a perception of New Zealand rugby as quite an insular society in a way, and that they're, they're very good at what they do and they don't necessarily need to import um, from Europe especially. As a foreign coach, was it, like, did you have an extra, I suppose, did it make you nervous rather, like going down there as somebody that for example, Ryan Crotty pointed out like you might have brought a couple of sort of Northern Hemisphere themed instructions that he, it took a while for him to sort of soak in. He kind of felt, well, what we've been doing has been working. And it, but Absolutely. eventually he thought... That's very normal too, because you've got to remember too, they're players, right? And players have to be incredibly selfish because it's so difficult and so competitive that they have to just get their job right and their role right that contributes to the team. But my goal or my duty is to kind of have the global vision and see how that fits into everything. But I was uh, probably a little bit, f um, because like it's, as you say, it's, this resonates with me because the Ryan Crotties would have been the Paul O'Connells and the Ronald Gars and Munster when Dougie Howler came in and we were kind of there, Dougie, no, hold on, no, go back out on the wing. <laughs> We've got some great ideas here, and we've got a good thing going, you know. But then, it, 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 now, looking back, it was like, Jesus, Dougie was so sharp. I knew that playing, but afterwards I was like, Jesus, this Tongan boy can actually, uh, <laughs> he has some vision on the game, you know. Um, so, like, if it's always worked for you, and you're a world-class centre, you'd be kind of going, well, where's your man coming from, you know? Perfectly normal. But you chip away, chip away, and then you show him, this is how it looks like, and he's, he's a detail man, and he loves detail, so you've got to tell him why, and you've got to show him why, and then he'll make a decision. But uh, he's been brilliant. He's, he's come around. But I, I, I was quite confident that I, I knew what I was talking about because... Um, I played 10, obviously, so I know what 10s love and what 10s hate. And I also had Dan Carter, Anthony Tutavaki, Casey Laulala, and Joe Rocococo in my backline in Racing. And I was kind of, it got to a stage where it was kind of, uh, because I had such a good relationship with them, I was able to nearly trial stuff on the run that was kind of like mini secrets among us. Okay. Where. I just wanted where I needed to take it, but I didn't need to tell my boss. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things I want to ask you about, like you mentioned culture earlier on, we, we talked a bit about this recently off the teaming kind of side of things, um, which seems like, again, being down there, it was mentioned a few times we were down, we went in for a day in, in Rugby Park where the guys mm. train, and a few people have mentioned it, but you ask a follow-up question, they're like, that's all I can say. <laughs> But, but it's, it seems to be a massive part of the culture, the, the teaming. Can you maybe, like, it yeah, was a new concept to me. What, what's it actually? It's Scott Robertson's about? genius, you know. I think he bases his whole season on a theme that he believes his team can um, 
can associate really closely with or uh, derive inspiration from. So um, I'm not allowed to say that much about it, to be honest, because mm. it, that's the one thing that's highly protected his theme about how he drives um, his organisation. But it's, uh, it's incredibly powerful. So he links videos or clips with his theme and what the Crusaders are currently doing. But that, the theme then is lived every day. It's easy have all these kind of buzzwords like culture and organ yeah. environment and positivity, but you got to taste it and you got to live it every day. And that's essentially what, what a good culture is. Yeah, like is that, is that a big part of coaching, I guess? Like you, you think about the tactics, the plays you're going to use, but if your players aren't really invested in yeah. what they're doing. Yeah, or invested in each other. Yeah. You know, that's they're the most powerful organisations, I think, are the guys who play really genuinely care for each other. Yeah. And that's what the Crusaders players do. They genuinely care for each other. And that doesn't stop from the guys who play at the weekend. There's a massive emphasis on number 23 to 40 because these guys will decide whether you're successful or not. It won't be your numbers 1 to 23. It'll be numbers 23 to 40. If they feel like they have genuine value, their points are accepted and valued in meetings, that they get a fair crack of the whip genuinely, that they're not just dummies from one uh, part of the start of the week to the end. So there's a skill in managing that. Mm. Would you have experienced that at Munster or is this up a level again? Um, no, it's a bit, well, I'm out of Munster a long time, you know what I mean? But when, when I, As a player though? Yeah, the player, no, the, the, when we were humming in Munster, it was quite similar. Right. Quite, quite simple. And both a very caring environment in Munster and boys played for each other, played for the supporters, had a simple enough game plan, but uh, we hung in there, you know. Uh, in France, it wouldn't be like Munster or the Crusaders. France is um, a professional sport where guys sign big contracts and from um, Monday to Friday, they don't set you up really to succeed while in Munster and the Crusaders, Ireland, Leinster, the Lions, your Monday to Friday is designed for you to perform well in game day. But that's a big void for a lot of people that come from different environments into the French system. It's very much uh, on your own. But that's one of the yeah. unwritten rules you the, know, when you sign the deal. The caring for, caring for each other in Munster was expressed through vicious slagging always. Yeah, well, that's good crack too, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did, we did, we did. It was, oh yeah, it was, I tell you, you become, uh, you get a bit, um, you have to have quick retorts. Yeah. <laughs> that's something you'd learn, but uh, you wouldn't swap it. What, you know what I mean? There was, they could cut you in two with the slagging and the hurt, but they, everyone knew it was, Kind of, we kind of have a saying, the more they slag you, the more they like you. So some fellas were kind of like, fuck it, I'm getting slagged an awful lot. <laughs> <laughs> there was a few, uh, few guinea pigs, but... <laughs> Name names. No, no names. You're asked about this often, and if you put your hand up and say, like, yeah, one day I'd like to coach Munster, one day I'd like to coach Ireland, you know, the headlines the next day might be, O'Gara puts his name in the hat, like, as if it's an immediate thing, but... I remember asking Brian O'Driscoll about it in the past, or at least he was asked about it in a, a press junket. He made the point that you'd have to be careful not to 
take those jobs too quickly because if you were to say be successful at Munster, the natural progression would be to take the Ireland job and then most head coaches are going to last three to four years and you could be, you know, 47, 48 and be finished. Like. I wouldn't see any problem with that. Yeah? No, that's, well, that's the question, yeah? I mean, fucking setting for that in the morning. <laughs> if it was only that easy, you know? Yeah. But, like, I'm not afraid by that, you know? I think it'll definitely, hopefully, be a day when you kind of go, I'm ready for it. But I don't feel that inside me. I've always felt trusted my instincts, but at the minute I don't get that uh, massive desire to say I want to coach Munster, I want to coach Ireland, you know, so I think um, that you kind of, by I think having your, I suppose, prep done in your own head, you kind of know that, yeah, I'm ready to make a difference at Munster, I'm ready to make a difference. Uh, in the Irish setup, if if you were to get asked, you know, but like it's it's out there, but uh, it's 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 um, may happen in the future, but it doesn't. Uh, I don't get out of bed every morning thinking like that, you know. Yeah, because I think maybe some people would look at the way like you're picking up an extremely wide palette of coaching experience in either hemisphere. You're learning from some of the best in the business and. Perhaps to some of us here, it's like, well, it's going to be great when he brings that home with him. And, yeah, but true. That's not yeah, the way but there comes it. a time too when you stop learning and you, and you, well, you're not not fully stop learning, but you kind of kind of go, yeah, I have that. But like, there's so many facets to the game. If you want to be a head coach, that you need to kind of be strong on because the players get so much direction from you, you know. And I think, um, you know, you hear Conor Murray talk about Joe Schmidt. And Conor Murray's one of the best players, if, you know what I mean, on the Irish team. And he still gets so much, like, he nearly dictates his confidence, his tempo. Yeah. So, like, I know if I went in, he wouldn't talk about, like, that. He wouldn't talk about me like that now. So I need to get to that level where, where he would be. So, you know what I mean? There's no point in being a, whatever, a journeyman coach or an ulcer. And you want to be as best as you can. And... For that, you gotta make a few, I suppose, sacrifices or commitments to yourself, and then give it a crack. And at least then, if you if it doesn't go well, you, people will say, well, at least he prepared himself or he gave it a go, as opposed to just finishing playing and going in. Then it's like you're not giving the players the best chance. I don't think. Mm. You you had said that you maybe had a couple of chances to go as a head coach in the last while, like, do you envisage something in particular, obviously not a specific club, but what would be the thing that would attract you to one of those roles? I don't know, genuinely, I, like, I think, it just, I've gone down to Crusaders at the end of the month and that's, do you know what I mean, I, don't, I haven't given anything, anything serious talk mm. when I know that's there. Yeah. And that's, that's um, unbelievably um, satisfying or from a kind of um, a performance point of view that tests me in 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 so many ways so i kind of want to get back down there and get back on the pitch now and get coaching again and then it's not as a stepping stone to be monster coach or irish coach i i enjoy I, they might, you know what i mean they're all blacks this weekend but i'd be watching the game on saturday like hoping a lot of them go well mm. that's professional sports you know what i mean obviously they're playing against the my country that i played so many times for but at the same time there's kind of, I'll have to have a bit of pride in, in seeing 
Um, you know, I mean, the guys that I coach and the Crusaders play well. That's, I would hope, it's human nature. Yeah. What are those guys like to, to work with? Are they, is there a noticeable difference with an All Black to No, to no, they're very, you know what I mean? I think it's really important that, well, I can talk accurately because I'm in the environment, so, you know what I mean? They, they get a bit of a slagging for probably, you know what I mean, about this being humble and clean in the dressing room, but they are very, very down to earth. And yeah. uh, I, you know what I mean, it's brilliant for me to see someone like Richie Mwanga now being, being featured in every test match because, what was it, eight months ago, he wasn't. Mm. You know, now no, he's coming on at Twickenham and he's doing well, and um, I just like these guys that are kind of, he's an instinctive player, so I think that's great in rugby that it isn't a, a prescribed 10. He'll play, yeah. And um, you know, I think um, it's nice. You know, I mean, to see a fella like George Bridge getting capped at the weekend against yeah. Japan. Brilliant player. Yeah, you know, but there's there's a few of them, Murray. Yeah, <laughs> there's a fair few of them. Has that changed your? So, like, I imagine that you came from a era that was quite structured. The rugby you played with Ireland and things like that, and it, it seems to be quite different down there. Has your um, view on the game changed? What works? What no, I just, I, I, it's great to actually see what the value of repetition is. You okay. know what I mean? So reps one and two are learning reps, and then three, four, five is put the oomph in it, and then six, seven, eight, you kind of nail it. You know what I mean? So one and two, you're getting your lines, a bit of detail. Three, four, five, it's kind of, yeah, I know exactly what I'm doing here. And if, no matter how quick a learner you are, you still need to kind of walk it, jog it, run it, sprint it against opposition. Hmm. And then you kind of play a play at the weekend and you go, nice one. That's why we do that clarity session. Before we get on to uh, some of your own questions, and just a reminder as well that if you would like to ask Ronan a question, just tweet it using the hashtag AskRog, and you'll be in with a chance of winning a pair of tickets to the game of the weekend with thanks to Aldi. But there's been a lot of talk this week of, I suppose, how Irish rugby is viewed in New Zealand, and there are wildly contrasting opinions mm. as to how it is viewed, uh, including from our, our good friend Keith. <laughs> what has been your interpretation of or your experience of it down there? I presume we're not the talk of the town anywhere, but surely they're keeping an eye on us to some extent. Yeah, big time they are, yeah, definitely. Like, it's... Um, the rugby world is pretty small now. You know, they're fully aware of what Ireland are doing and winning the Grand Slam and um, they're big admirers of a lot of players. Obviously, the Lions Tour um, was there, so um, they all know, you know what I mean? Like, Joe Moody knows exactly who Ty Furlong is and vice versa. Cody Taylor knows all about Rory Best. Uh, you know, Bowden Barrett knows all about Johnny Sexton. It's, it, it's, it's all across the park. Um, they might watch the games um, live because they're in the middle of the night, but like you, you, uh, you can be sure fellas would be watching, watching them at some stage. There is very, like they're big admirers of Conor Murray. Like the two scrum halves I have now in the Crusaders are, Raj, can you get Conor Murray's kicking plan? <laughs> and he sent it, didn't he? Uh, he may have. <laughs> <laughs> you made one up. Um, you know what I mean? And I'm just saying, well, anyone can have the plan, like, but it's kind of what goes in and around the plan is where 
yeah. is what's interesting, you know? Yeah, because I actually asked him about that. I heard you mention it, and we sat down with him the next day, and he was like, yeah, I don't mind sharing that kind of stuff, because I know I'll put the reps in. Um, and that's what secure people do, and it's a message for anything, you know? Secure people share ideas. I can give you my laptop and give you all the plays. I'll happily take it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it up there. We go back. Can I grab it now, or after? I'll get it after. That's, can we get the questions, please? Then you can get in all the Crusaders, okay, on Monday, and you can say, okay, boys, we're going to do this. Yeah. I wonder what kind of a reaction you'll get from them. <laughs> <laughs> but the, yeah, the sharing seems to be massive over there. So well, sure, part. like, it's... There's a load of copy and paste as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? That line-up move looks good. Let's rob it and do it. <laughs> yeah. But that's what happens, you know? But yeah. you just kind of... It depends on... You know yourself, are you running at inside or outside shoulder? Is the blindside winger hidden? Mm. What's the tail of the line out down? Like, small margins make big differences. So, yeah. it's if you have three fellas doing that on three key lines, it only takes one fella or to knock off and half a roll. Mm. Move is messed up, you know. Yeah, we'll see some like good stuff later. Uh, a question here from Daniel Byrne. Uh, cheers for your question, Daniel. He says, what, and it's kind of tied into what we're talking about here to an extent, but what is your opinion on the recent comments regarding player recruitment from overseas by Ireland, the comments being from overseas? So a couple of New Zealand journalists, uh, Gregor Paul making the argument on Off the Ball, I think it was this week, that Ireland's recruitment process is a little bit more cynical and maybe relentless than the old black, or say, New Zealand schools recruitment from the Pacific Islands, for example. But you're... I suppose the idea of Bondiaki and CJ Standard playing for Ireland. Um, the rules have been long established, so like the, I think they've become their few have been to the fore in a lot of um, good things in recent years, and they're going after um, players that you know. I mean, some of them in the case of um, the guys from Sale, isn't it? They have been Will Allison, yeah, Irish. They have a his mother's Irish, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I mean, people like that are thing, but like on the res residency rule, it's um, you know, what I mean, if Bundyaki wants to come over and play with Connacht and play for Ireland, good on you, Bundy, get over, you know, because um, you just Ireland needs that, but like it's it's happening in every country around the world, you know, what yeah. I mean, there's either a blanket ban on all this, but if the rules are that, you just you got to be creative in how you get your players. Yeah. Even allowing for the fact that it takes place around the world, do you feel that it slightly cheapens the idea of international sport where you're not necessarily playing for your country? Like, I suppose some of the New Zealand press would have made the argument this week in particular that Boniaki wouldn't have dreamt ever of playing for Ireland until quite recently. Does that yeah, take away from it? Side, yeah, yeah. I like it's every boy's dream to play for, for, their, for their country, and that shouldn't change. But I would think... You look upon it like the Irish team will only be strong if 10 or 12 of them are, are so-called locals. You look at all the provinces, Munster, Leinster, Connacht, Ulster. I'm not too sure in Ulster, but... Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I, don't, I, I think there was a st statistic came out that, uh, the, in, in recent... I think the recent team, there's not many... Um, people from Ulster on the, on the team. About fifth, just over 50% of their squad, their senior okay. squad, yeah. Um, but like, you know what I mean, the great, well, the strength of Irish rugby is that, well, like you look at Leinster and how... Yeah, they're 85%, I think. You know, and like the good thing with signatures from, from Munster, you have, you know what I mean, Peter O'Mahony, Conor Murray, the Keith Earls, 
signing up and staying there because that gives everything about their identity. Yeah. If that's diluted, we're in trouble. Yeah, it is. Like you mentioned there, that the kind of Will Allison example, it is a kind of developing. So they pushed it to five years, obviously. So you're kind of dissuading guys from making those moves now. But that part of it with the recent Irish family connection or Scottish connection, you see what your man Gary Graham went mm. over to England squad, now he's back with Scotland. And their unions are putting a lot of time into actually kind of finding guys, unearthing guys. Like there are a few we mentioned last week on the podcast. We're looking at the NRL, the rugby league in Australia, and there's like over 100 guys who are actually Irish qualified uh, playing in that as we speak. So I think that's kind of the developing trend. Like they want to win at the end of the day. Yes, it's important for them to have homegrown players. But if it's that base with a supplement, like CJ Sander and Bundy are two of the most popular players in the team, I would say now just with, with your average fans. So. Yeah, and there's a skill in going after people too. I think that, uh, yeah. sorry, not, not even getting, not going after players, going after people. I think that's what the provinces have done and the IRFU really need to, to get right because I think before they become a good player, you, you need to know the person you're getting. Mm. And I think that's why they've got it right, certainly in CJ Standard's case, because he, you know what I mean, he has become Irish. So proud of it. You know, and I, th- I don't think it's fake. I think it's genuine, and I think he's given it back, and he does a lot of, I suppose, behind-the-work scenes for Limerick, and um, th- th- that is very, very important. That It's a two-way street. It's not take, 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 and then if it doesn't one, well, I'm back on the next plane over here. You know, so there's a, there is a skill involved in, in that recruitment. Question here from Matthew O'Connor. Cheers, Matthew. He says, if you could go back to one moment in your career and relive it, what would it be and why? It's a big one. That's yeah, <laughs> a big, big question. Yeah. Matthew, one, not waiting one around One moment. Here. Could you give me five, no? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, jeez. A lot of moments there. We can come back to it if you want. I've got another question, but it will need to be answered. I'm a great when Johnny was standing over me, I should have given him a kick in the ball. <laughs> <laughs> <That's all>, <laughs> yeah. I can say that now because we're friends. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what did you make of that, actually? So, like, when, when Zebo got... Uh, the world was up in arms about Zebo sort of taunting Michael Lowry to an extent. He was kind of vilified in a way, and, like... That, sec- that image of Sexton standing over you, everyone thought it was brilliant, like an iconic Irish sporting moment. Like, where's the... Brilliant if you're from Dublin, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I should come down where I live. <laughs> so, um, no, I think the thing that uh, I think Simon was disappointed is that you have a 20-year-old that's um, unbelievably happy and proud to be playing for Ulster and doing the best he can. And... Zeebs is on a bit of a try-scoring mission for people that don't understand, so he wants to try and break Chris, Ta- break Chris Ashton's record in the top 14 this season, and he has a big point to prove, so he's fired up, and he's a poacher, but I think he was basically trying to get a ball, get his fend, and then all of a sudden he just got too exuberant. And, but to be fair to a guy, if he didn't apologise, let's knock him. You know what I mean? We all make errors, but at least... He had the smarts to go back and put his hand up. Yeah, I messed up. Bad form. But lads, get over it. Get on with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think it was a little bit overblown, the whole thing? Like, I yeah. didn't pay much attention, sorry. To no, I didn't. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, Sean Martin asks, uh, forget the break dancing. Have you tried the hacker yet? 
No, my kids do it though. It's really, yeah. yeah, it's cool. They're, they taught it in school. Yeah. So. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, they have the French national anthem. Uh, my kids. I wasn't there because I was in New Zealand but when France won the World Cup. I, my wife tells me the kids were up the street with their French jerseys like this. <laughs> Which I never heard my family be talking about Griezmann and Pogba and uh, Hugo Lloris. I was there. Who's Hugo Lloris? Guardian the boot, and I was there. What's the guard in the boot? Goalkeeper, dad. So it's powerful, and they know the uh, um, what's his name? Angola Conte song, is it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which in French sounds unbelievably good. <laughs> but it's a little bit over your head tonight, I think. Isn't it? <laughs> Maybe in the second half. Uh, we'll call that half time, guys. So the bar will be back open there now, and you can bring drinks back in as well. And we'll see you in about 25 minutes, half an hour. So take your time. Cheers. <laughs> Welcome back. Is everyone back? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fine, uh, fine piece of literature, that actually, Rod. <laughs> I haven't read it yet. <laughs> Take we'll that get, one home with you. Yeah. <laughs> get you a signed copy. So we'll look ahead to the game then, this half. And a reminder to everybody here that if you want to uh, be in with a chance of winning tickets to the game, just tweet your question using the hashtag AskRog. We'll ask a great man then to pick his, uh, his favourite question at the end of it. Um, but looking ahead to that game then, say we're two years removed since their last encounters. The first one was a bit of a, a kind of a, a swashbuckling affair where it was end to end like a little bit unstructured to an extent, but a, a fantastic game. Second one, a little bit more tense, albeit the All Blacks scored three tries. How do you expect this one to play out almost stylistically uh, this weekend, Murray? Yeah, I imagine it'll be quite similar to what we've seen. Like the points difference in those last three games is three, isn't it? Like, you know, it's yeah. been unbelievably tight. Um, I think the All Blacks have a good awareness that it is going to be the same again, especially at the very end of their season. Like, you know, guys are definitely going to be tired, but it's an unbelievable challenge to get that last little bit out of them. Um, I want to get your, your, your thoughts on it, Ron. Like, There's been a bit of chat about this vintage of All Blacks maybe not being what it was in 2015 when McCaw and Carter and the guys were there leading into that World Cup. Like, They've only lost four times since that World Cup, so their record's still yeah. pretty good, 85% win record. Do you feel that squad is as intimidating as, as it was maybe? I don't think so, and the fact that I don't think... Uh, the probably two players I admire most would be McCaw and Carter, and when you take their kind of intelligence or their rugby knowledge out of any environment, I think you're going to be less off. And I'm a bit biased probably saying that after working on a daily basis with someone like Dan, I kind of, for a lot of people, it might have been a trip to Racing to take the coin. There was a little bit of that, yes. <laughs> but, but he's an unbelievable competitor. And it's only kind of when you work with a guy every day, you kind of know what makes him tick. But... It, it was great to realise it was just kind of, he was kind of, what's best for the team? He kept repeating in messages, what's best for the team, you know? It was always his mantra, and uh, then the simple things done well, and they kind of just, what does that look like? He'd say, and he'd kind of stop the video and show you that, you know? So passes in front, and hands out catching the ball early, running straight lines, hips at the goal line, don't drift on the pass. If you drift, it, it means you can't knock off a defender, and I think that's what 
separated him from any other old half playing the game, his capacity to kind of engage the line facing north and deliver a quality pass. I think he was peerless at that. Were there things that you would have picked up from him as a coach that you wish, in hindsight, you could have implemented as a player, actually? Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's... Um, I think it's... A lot of people are looking, in, a, in any aspect of life, looking for a quick fix or a magic solution. It's kind of very refreshing to kind of, you know, do your homework, prepare well, um, trust your basics. You obviously have to be talented too, you know, but I think uh, you're a kind of cog in the system. And as, that sounds a bit strange when talking about someone like Dan, but that's when he kind of felt that he could perform when, his, when the team were were organised and prepared well. Is Bowden Barrett that player? Uh, no, he's a very different player, but like Bowden Barrett is just an unbelievable off the charts rugby player. Because mm. I don't, I haven't seen anyone with acceleration like him. You know, what I mean, including wingers. You look at that try as recently where they played back down the short side. He hits Ricky Oni, who takes on to it the Australians pops the ball out of the tackle but the guy who's scorching the winger uh, is Bowden Barrett coming around to take the ball you know so um, I think it's great in the kind of modern cluttered rugby that um, someone like him you just don't know what he's going to do mm. you know yeah he's a big part of it like we wanted to have a look at I guess what this All Blacks team do and we're going to have a look at how they actually the platforms they score a lot of their tries from. Um, we'll look at specific examples, but just to kind of get the stats up first, we have it there. They've scored 68 tries in 12 games this year, so 5.66 <laughs> on average per game. It's not a bad return. Um, you can see there the line out tries 25, which actually has been kind of the development of this team. Um, we did this kind of study about two years ago, um, and the turnover was their kind of key source of tries. So basically, a line-out try in this instance, it doesn't mean they scored directly from the line-out in the first phase. It means yeah. the, the possession starts there. Um, but the turnover and the, and the kick return, that's massive. Like 22% each in those categories of, of their tries coming from that, that area. Like We know it's been a long-standing strength. We're going to have a look at a couple examples. But from what you've seen coaching down there, is that reflected, is that reflected in what they do every day? The amount of tries they're scoring on kick return? Yeah, I think also too, it's, you know I mean, Super Rugby is based on attack, so it's kind of the old Newcastle philosophy of you score, we score. That was kind of the way it, the way it is, you know. It's kind of, they just play. And there's that kind of acknowledgement that it has to be entertaining rugby. But that's kind of where I enjoy getting stuck into it, kind of going, well, why let a Fiji and why give him space? If you give him space, he's going to rip you apart. So let's kind of alter our setup before this guy can even make an impact on the game. So, mm. in that regard, yeah, there's, it's obviously, um, you know, I mean, that, that's pretty, uh, obviously, your set piece on the left-hand side and your, your unstructured play then in terms of kick return and uh, turnover. It's, but as you said, 5.6 tries, is it? Or, yeah, on average. You know, it's, yeah, Ireland are 3.4, so. Yeah, different too, though, you know, it's different. <laughs> it, is. It's, it, it is different, and, but they also play, and, they play in the shit as well, you know what I mean? It's not all sunshine down there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing we kind of wanted to touch on was just how uh, the, the kind of phases they score their tries on. 
like it's a kind of try scoring mentality as soon as they get into possession. And it's well, I think that's aided in a bit too by the fact that they practice their skills, their pass catch every session. Yeah. Which starts at a very young age. So all the front five are very comfortable on the ball and they're able to take a pass, they're able to play out the back or they're able to play a tip or a pop. Mm. You know, so when that becomes really interesting when you when you kind of get into those championship minutes, you know, just before half time, after half time, or when the clock hits the red, mm. how many times are do you think New Zealand are dead? Yeah, and they just keep the ball, and we got that example when when they came to the Viva yeah. five years ago. Yeah, we actually have the stats on that. The the timing of the quarters, where they score their tries, and you can see like quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, quarter four, like. 33% of their tries coming in that fourth quarter. It's a familiar sight, isn't it? Them finishing out a game unbelievably strongly. Is that the skills you're talking about, or is that a matter no, of fitness? I don't know what it is, to be honest. <laughs> Just <laughs> <laughs> I could come up with some fancy answer, but it'd be yeah. bullshit. Um, they obviously, they're, you know what I mean? They, they have to be fit. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's... It's, um, I would say what concerns them would be how they're starting games, you know, if, I'd be pretty confident in saying if, if Ireland go 15 points up at the weekend, it, Ireland will win, you know I mean, pretty confident in saying that, I, I think Ireland would finish it out a lot better than England, you know. That's a big enough lead, yeah. But as you said, you know what I mean, like it was, I think 38 minutes it was 15 nil to England. Yeah. Half time was fifteen ten. Mm. There was only one winner then, you know. In fairness to England, they really came back. But like the other side of England didn't score for sixty odd minutes. Yeah, yeah. Not going to win any Test match. Yeah, exactly. Well, we, w- we want to have a look at a couple of examples, of, of I guess, of the Kiwis in action. Um, kind of starting with that turnover attack as well. This is from. Um, the rugby championship against Australia earlier on the season. Just want to keep an eye on Brody Retallick there. Like the mindset always when they're defending is this could be an attacking opportunity. You, you see them going into contact, always looking for that turnover, that strip. He gets it there. And we just want to highlight at the top of the screen there, Damien McKenzie. You can't quite see his right hand, but as soon as that turnover happens, bang, he's got his hand in the air, coming from the back. A guy who has time to identify maybe that weak yeah, link in the, the defensive chain. Usually the policy is two pass. Immediately on turnover, every team will be two pass, but when you have someone like McKenzie, it's one pass break. Yeah, <laughs> and that's, that's what happens here, exactly. You he, know, he's but he- I think, like, to be fair, like, you just got to admire, like, to what Retallick there, he makes it look ridiculously easy, but, like, you got to remember, like, that um, if that was the Irish team in, in gold, like, Schmidt would absolutely kill the ball carrier, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's in complete control of that, you got to present that ball on a plate for your nine. Like, he, he has taken that so easily and literally it was like New Zealand had won a line out and they're playing off it. Yeah. You know, so I think it's, it's an unbelievable bit of ripping by uh, Brody Rotanic. Yeah, and you mentioned Mackenzie picking out the weakness. There's a second row there, really exposed. Obviously, Michael Hooper is pretty mobile, but for Mackenzie, that one-on-one with the second row is a prime opportunity to break. You see him go there. And we also want to pick out the... The scrum half, they're so good at these upfield lines. Even the boys at the Crusaders are so good at Bryn Hall and the likes of them. You also want to notice Ben Smith, just the energy off the ball. Like it's almost like we know their skills are unbelievable. And you're going to see Damien McKenzie stepping back inside here. But it's that energy off the and ball. And the fellow who scores, like uh, Bowden Barrett, is he's isn't in the play. But yeah. when you see him back, he's 10 metres off everyone else. Yeah. Like, 
Uh, I know if it was me, I'd be down doing the shoelace. <laughs> <laughs> and you see his footwork right at the end there. That's his fourth try in this game, actually. So, um, you know what I mean? So, like, four trying, it just... Yeah, we want to look at a couple of England examples. Just they were a little bit loose at times, giving opportunity. There's Ben Youngs in the backfield. He gathers in one of the kicks. Um, and you're going to see him go out the line. This time he offers her a little uh, dink over the top, this chip. And, I mean, you have to be so accurate. He goes in over the top there. But Kieran Reid obviously reads it really well. I think it's even before that, Murray. I just think it's... They're the kind of behaviours that wouldn't be accept, accepted in the Irish camp. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, something like that wouldn't come into an, a green jersey's head to do that because it's the risk-reward is just too much. You know what I mean? It's... There, there isn't, like, ball in the air, two seconds, distance covered, 20 metres. There's no return. Very poor kick. In the middle of the pitch, both sides to attack. Like, yeah. They, New Zealand don't get what they deserve here because he knocks it on, but, like, this should be to teach him a lesson, try. Yeah, and you see Mackenzie as well, again, that energy. Uh, straight from the back, <laughs> straight from the back he, he's instantly alive to it, isn't he? As soon as that kick goes in, he understands. We want to I keep an eye... I can't believe his luck he's going. Yeah. <laughs> Has that really happened, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we want to keep an eye on Owen Farrell there as well. Like, there are... Aren't going to turn over the ball? Like, it happens, doesn't it? It does, but it, that's something you control. Yeah. That's not an uncontrollable. Yeah. That's play that wrecks your coach's head and wrecks your teammates' heads. Yeah. So you need to be, um, I would say, a little bit more calculated than that at, at that level. Absolutely. When you know all week it's been drilled into New Zealand, deadly off turnover ball. So Don't give them that chance. There's going to be a turnover, you, you, you know what I mean? You get smashed or you get a knock on and the ball pops out. But this is like every player in the white jersey there is kind of fine grass or make a contestable. Mm. But like an old, a little dink over. I've been guilty yeah. of myself in the past, but. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crazy decision. I tell you when you're on the couch, it's how did he do that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just want to pick out Owen Farrell there. Just a bit of work rate though. Like this does look like it's going to be a guaranteed uh, all back strike. He's an absolutely brilliant rugby player. There he is again. You know what I mean? I think yeah. because he's in a white jersey, we all love to hate him, but the guy is a massive competitor. Yeah. He's an unbelievable rugby player. You see it here. He's worked back so, so much distance. He's beaten all his teammates, uh, strips that ball loose, and saves what should be a, a, a really obvious try. Yeah. Just, just one more on that turnover. Like, if the turnover does happen for, for Ireland defensively, what, like, how do you react? Is, is there well, certain things they, you go to? Yeah, there would be. There would be probably, I suppose, depending on their on the pitch but like you know what I mean they could use the there could be a 40 call if it's the opposition 10 yard line or a 50 call if it's a if it's the halfway line and they might be they'd have worked in kind of an assembly point okay so, so call 50 just, everyone gets there you yeah you just gotta it's all about connecting because you look in every clip there even if it's a half a dog leg Mackenzie's gonna rip you apart mm. so what you need to do there is you kind of you got to protect your front five especially your props so it's about spacing and then the guys like Ringrose or whoever that are very comfortable in the wider channels they can probably man it but you look at every single break it's always through the heart to you yeah but it's easy on the coach saying it but if you yeah. think in there it could be whatever a lot of kick tennis ball in fitness your heart going absolutely crazy inside you and then 
Fords are probably going in their head, oh, why did you fucking chip that? Bollocks, I have to break my balls, get into the line, all of a sudden, like, you saw, you, you see what um, some Mackenzie's footwork against, uh, was it Ashton last weekend? And Ashton's yeah. a serious player. He just made him look uh, that he wasn't there, you know? Yeah, so don't give over those turnovers. Um, we're going to look a little, little bit at Ireland's attack. I guess just generally, before we even look at the clips, what did Jamaica, how they went about breaking the Pumas down? Was there a sense that they were potentially holding stuff back, or, or did you feel no, it was just a bit inaccurate? It was good, but you had, a, like, essentially, you had a guy who wasn't in the 23 put in there in Will Addison with 20 minutes before kickoff. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, the first team gets the reps during the week, and then the subs get a little bit less time. Yeah. But the guys kind of, like, especially from Wednesday on that aren't in the 23, it's kind of like your your next week, you know what I mean? But, as in, I know if I was playing number 10, it'd be kind of, well, I want to do the reps with the guys that are playing. Hmm. And a guy looking for a few reps, he'd be kind of like, no, not today, buddy, come back <laughs> <laughs> next week. So it's, um, so, you know what I mean? You could see it was like, obviously, I'd say the minutes, even in training, that uh, Bondiaki, Johnny, and uh, him had together, it was a new partnership. Yeah. Uh, so, and it's a very important position, you know, but he, he, I think he's done very well and he yeah. adds a different dimension, I think, to Ireland. He looks very comfortable gliding on the ball, so he's an interesting yeah. player. Uh, but it was, um, it was, um, I'd say they were probably, they, I, at a home game, good conditions, I think they would have liked to have kind of threatened Argentina more, but I think, I was really impressed with, um, Argentina's, I think, tackle choice. You know, I thought their chop was brilliant. Mm. I think they've defended better than a lot of teams, especially in the when Ireland got into their 22. They were a lot more um, effective than a lot of the other top teams that played against Ireland. I think Ireland's latch probably wasn't as effective as as it could have been, and Argentina just were very, very uh, were excellent at the uh, just chopping, taking their legs and. Mm creating a line yeah only like you mentioned I think Ireland like, it was brilliant defence I think uh, by the Pumas but only two clean line breaks given them yeah. the possession and build up play they had we want to look at a couple of examples like well, Josh Smith yeah and the first one here I think isn't it yeah. uh, like you look at it from right to left right you, as we talk about pass quality or the, the guys can make up their own opinion here but every yeah. look how many passes stick well we just okay. want to highlight the little play that Joe Schmidt special Dan Levy uh, out in the midfield, six-man line out. They've actually used this play a good bit. They scored as long ago as 2015 in the World Cup. Johnny sends that um, kind of tunnel pass in between the winger and the, the first centre. Uh, Levy makes a, a good strong carry, uh, a, a good first phase, and then you're going to get, there's your man, Addison. You look, though, it's, great look where the line out is and look where the first gain line is and look yeah. where the boys are catching the ball. If that pass is there, you know what I mean? It's another... It's the basic. It's another three yards upfield, which just makes a big difference for them on the fold. Yeah. For the Argentinians in the fold, for Ireland in terms of maybe trying to just get a little bit of a half advantage on the opposition. As I said, small margins, big differences. You look yeah. at it here now. Marmion goes into first receiver. Yeah, pass in front. Johnny out the back. Right. And then two good blocking lines, ball in front. There's a man he's going to loop off him. Peter, injection, train to pace. We just want to pick out... <laughs> <laughs> we want to pick out... Uh... What are you laughing at? <laughs> <laughs> P. 
Peter's injection of ace. <laughs> Bestie running that inside line there. He does a good job, doesn't he? Fixes uh, Desio. Um, and you can just see here he's slightly turned his shoulders in. So suddenly that opportunity on the outside, when we pause it just here, like uh, these two guys on the, on the very edge, that's Jack McGrath and Furlong. So they're not the quickest. I think everyone would like to have seen Furlong get a run down the right-hand touchline, though. That would be <laughs> a lot of fun. But you can see in the defensive line that Sanchez now on that edge. Mm. Like he's very exposed, isn't he? And as you say, you mentioned earlier on, like getting to that inside shoulder defender. If Aki can really sit him down there, then you've got Keith Earls absolutely hurtling into, into space. Instead, Sanchez is able to get across and, and yeah, cover across Yeah, exactly. It. A little thing. And then, you know what I mean? Like it's, even, yeah, Bundyaki, just a little bit more upfield takes him, gives it to Earlsy. Um, and then Earlsy, you know what I mean? It's, it's a good thing having Ty Farlong there because he could do what he did against Wasps, you know, a one-handed offload and yeah. give it to the Like, he can do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's, it's probably... That's great to see, you know what I mean? Because he, that, we, we know he has the skills and he's serious speed as well, you know? So it's a tiny bit off from... The difference between, you know, a rock... If they, if they don't put it away, it's probably a rock in their 22. Min, yeah. Minimum three points. The like, fact that it is a tiny bit off there, sorry, like going back to what you said about the fact that it's bred into Kiwi players from childhood onwards, obviously Aki in this case is a bad example because he would have learned those skills from, from childhood onwards, but like what is it then that sets New Zealand apart? Like I, I think in that in a similar situation there, you know, that path like he might draw Sanchez in a little bit more and if it was a Kiwi player and, and set But uh, I could show you loads of clips of some of the All Blacks fellas not sticking them guys either, you know? Mm. I think it's very little between them, genuinely, you know? I, I, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be saying they're better than us at that. Okay. So I think um, what I'm saying is it, the detail or the understanding from certain players may uh, be more prominent in, in a few other positions, but like, there's a lot of guys in, in the green jerseys that are require massive detail and get it and um, I think um, you know I mean I wouldn't be kind of going well the All Blacks are brilliant at this Ireland aren't you just on like obviously Ireland have moved on themselves from, from Conor Murray not being available and they won't focus on that at all but from your point of view removed from it is that potentially a decisive factor in, in, in this weekend yeah because he's so good yeah I think he's you mean he's? I could easily say that he's a better player than Aaron Smith. You know, I could confidently say that. But mm. Aaron Smith is an unbelievable rugby player. But Conor Murray for me is is um, a really good rugby player, and he just he's just so comfortable playing. I think that's what you love from your nine is that he's just. It reminds me of Dan a bit. He's very composed. Yeah. Doesn't do stress. Rarely, rarely gets rattled or flustered. And I think in that position, you need that. Mm. Like, I, for me, I felt like that was missing last weekend. You're always Understandably enough, yeah. Understandably enough, the other guys aren't as experienced. Like, there was that moment before half-time. But all players, you're gonna, you, you never have a case where, you know what I mean, you've, even at test level, you have some players that are a lot better than other players. Yeah. Connor's in that bracket. Yeah. Does it change things for Johnny? Because he had an unchar uncharacteristically kind of off day, I guess, there were, there were errors in his game. Does it change things for him, do you think, not having Connor there? Um, like, you've played with 
some brilliant scrum halves, including Connor. Yeah, I think. When they're not there. Yeah, but it's. Um, I, I genuinely don't think so. I think uh, you probably have a better chance of playing better with, with Connor there. Mm. But like at the same time, you know what I mean. Connor hasn't been around for four months. It's he's not in the equation. Like there's enough on your plate rather than thinking, oh, I wish Connor was playing. You know. Yeah. It doesn't come into any of the top guys' heads, I would think. Yeah, I think it looks like Marmy will step up. Another aspect we want to look at was the kind of set piece, and obviously an area of expertise for you now in your role. Um, obviously, Ireland had a pretty disappointing concession of a, of a line break off scrum uh, for the one Pumas try. Um, we're just going to look at it there. It's just that midfield. Uh, Johnny Sexton there with Bundyaki. The two of them get punctured in an area. You don't really associate with Ireland getting, getting split apart, do you? Yeah. Um, they run this kind of... We'll just zoom it in there. Yeah, well, it's the Leinster play they run. So Sanchez... One to two, three and a hard line, one out the back. He's out the back door there. Blind winger trailing or yeah. popping up on a on an outside shoulder, inside shoulder of ten. Yeah. So that, like Aki has to. Well, yeah. The, like your roles change on this system of defence depending on uh, you know what I mean. So all of a sudden now twelve is first hands. Do you get me? Yeah. So the Argentinian twelve there. Exactly. So. Uh, if he shows and goes, nine takes him. So Marmy would make that hit. Correct. Uh, ten is on the on the hit line, and Bundy's on the ball out the back. So Johnny's on the ball there. Yeah. So it's a it's a basic enough defensive. Yeah, but sure. To be fair, it's probably the first scrum in six years. There's been a bust. Yeah. Like yes. Yeah. They've set high standards for themselves. Yeah. Well, Johnny's all over that. You know, I think. But it was just it just shows too. You know, I mean, sometimes fellas running, he's run a good line, mm. and. Sometimes you overread and presume it's going to go out the back and got caught. Yeah, it happens. Move on. D there's going to be very similar threats. Um, very similar Sorry, threats. Not to you. I just no, 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 no. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Smith kind of passing out of the second row there. They get Bowdenbart so flat in those plays, don't they? Yeah, well, his acceleration is unbelievable, okay? But the other interesting thing is yellow boots is um, Jared Payne. Just there. Okay, so. Um, the interesting thing it would be he would be a brilliant defender, is a brilliant defender, mm. uh, but he'd be of the New Zealand system where he'd be watching who his man is. So his man is the guy outside. So nine takes Bowden. So, that's, so you look yeah. where Jared's eyes are, look at his body shape now already, and ball off the line is probably six metres. So he's already working out. Yeah. yeah. So it's the one guy you get caught in test rugby against is is Bowden Barrett, but if he watch if 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 JP watches the ball, yeah, he knows that he's can. If he watches the ball, Bowden Barrett is there, so he's going to get to a stage where the only way the ball can get to wit is a floater. If he gets up into that, yeah, or if he stays on the ball, you know what I mean. Even if it goes like the ball can't go through. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, this is, yeah, it's, it's trying to make this simple, and I think it is simple, but sometimes it gets complicated, so it's, yeah. that's why um, you look at it, you know what I mean, they've all numbered off. But we have it from have, behind angle, yeah, so. you have a guy with the accelerator, you know what I mean, he's probably clocking, I don't know, 35 kilometers an hour there. Yeah, so, so there's pain, like, are you saying that he needs to almost 
or potentially kind of to check there onto well, Owen Barrett? If I would say Ireland won't leave Bowden Barrett to nine this weekend. Okay. Who's the biggest threat? Bowden Barrett. Yeah. So you nearly kind of, if I, sorry, I would be ha confident when the ball is out of his hands. So it's really hard to kind of, to play a miss two when you're running at that speed and, and zipping it out. If it goes there, ball in the air, I think Rob can even get to the second last. Closing up from the back, yeah. Okay. And even if he plays hands, uh, Earl's the outside, Jared Payne can get him. Yeah. You know that there's another defender outside him. Yeah. The last one we just want to look at, because we saw how many tries they score offline. They're so good at getting over the gain line in the first phase or actually cutting the team apart. Um, and they use quite simple plays, don't they? Like, this is straight off the top. Um, and you've got Rico Ioanni, who's a pretty good guy to use as a, <laughs> as a kind of target setter, um, out the back of that first centre run that hard line. Like, it's, it's very simple stuff. And the plays are similar to what a lot of people, probably even who play rugby here, use. But it's just that decision making. Like, Richie Mong is on the ball there. Yeah, but you can see, too, that, like, Richie has engaged two, two of the Argentinians. Yeah. See him? While if, if the back of the line out is on Richie, then this guy hits um, Leonard Brown, completely change it. But there's a moment's hesitation where this guy looks at Richie all of a sudden, now it's too late to get out. Yeah. And now um, that turns 12 in. has to bite in. Yeah. And that's all you're looking for is half a shoulder. And you go at the back. It's just that decision making at speed, though, that, that the All Blacks are Yeah, but I can guarantee you how many times they repped that during the week. Yeah. By, the, by kickoff, I'd say maybe 20. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not kind of like, they have a, a lot of menu, or kind of a lot of uh, selections in their cupboard, but they, like, it would be cut down and kind of gone, this is what we're, we're going to play, but like, wouldn't be, they wouldn't have a playbook of 50 plays. Mm. They'd have a playbook where, I'd say, max seven, and probably cut down to maybe five or four come kickoff time. And yeah. then, then they'd practice it and they'd rep it and there'd be a reason why they're doing it and it's exactly they've probably seen they've profiled it and they've seen that uh, the Argentinian 10 and 12 have a tendency to do this if, if, if we hit hard and that's on you know Okay. it's not kind of we'll throw this one out this week because yeah. I think I like it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very specific well yeah that's, that's why it's, it's, that's the why you know yeah. why are we doing it or show me why it will work not, I have a great play, lads. Yeah. You know, that's, that's not it. Murray, the vast majority now of uh, international teams, <coughs> excuse me, get a microphone, <laughs> uh, are scoring a lot from set pieces. Uh, like yeah, of course, it's, a, it's the primary source, isn't it? Line out is. Yeah, I think there's just so much you can do now with the variations from line outs, like whether it's a full man, a five man, a six man, five plus ones, six plus ones. You know what mm. I mean? Seven, you, you can have your centre in and around as a first receiver to get away from it fast. You have the back rows that can, you know what I mean, the dummy drive and peel away. Like, there's, there's endless possibilities, and it's about trying to just attacking that seam. Yeah. Like, they're, you, that's... If they pass... If they make passes, I think the defence is happy because you can push away from it, it's, it's, it's the kind of connection between the back of the line out and 10 is where teams are most vulnerable. And now with the 10 metres back, it's hard. You, you know what I mean? Because the gain, the, 
the gain line is here, but you might just do a little pop to a guy steaming around the corner. Mm. All of a sudden, he's on the front foot. Yeah, makes sense. So, so simple. What about what Ireland need to do in this game? Like, it's, it's obviously, I'm not going to ask you to put the game plan together, but what are the kind of things that you, if you're thinking of an Irish fixture this weekend, that you envisage them doing really well? I think they'll have to be more accurate than last weekend. I think that's probably just regurgitating what Joe said. I think he was saying if we're, if we're, if we're inaccurate, it'll be a long day for us. And I think um, the, I think the, um, it's a fascinating game. You know, I mean, I can't wait for it. Genuinely, looking forward to see how it goes because I, I, I don't think. I mean, I'd say they, New Zealand really focused on a good start against England and found themselves in that position. And I think that'll give Ireland a lot of confidence about, um, I would say, tempo and intensity will be talked about a lot. Ireland playing with tempo, getting the rock right. You know, I think just James Ryan, how good he is at carrying the ball, get the ball into his hands, get it into Furlong's hands, get over the gain line and play. I think Ring Rose at 13, it's just a beautiful balanced runner with an outside break that's, um, I think, that kind of nearly completes the team, gives gives Ireland both sides to attack, but also a, a kind of a great footwork as well. Uh, kicking game has to be accurate. It's just, there are so many, I think, just interesting aspects from for a rugby nerd like me watching it, you know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the, and the line-out's probably one of those. Like, obviously, they both score a lot of tries out yeah, there. Yeah, it is, and it's all, it's like, that's the thing about rugby, you know what I mean? Before, when you play, you had a fair bit of an idea of the line-out about. We, my, like myself and Paul O'Connell would be, like, f for a while I was there, Paul, I only want ball off four and six, you know? So, like, I was there, I have to have it off the back, or I have to have four, and then... You know what I mean? After a while, it's just got you've got to win the ball because the line-out defences are so good. You talk to Dunnick Ryan, um, who's a brilliant, uh, brilliant brain on the line-out, and the kind of benefit he says to the back line about how you kind of defend the five-man or why you defend it. Like, there's so many subplots going on that Schmidt will have nailed hmm. that will... Um, you know what I mean? Make the, make the difference because that's I think his where he's brilliant is that his capacity to find weaknesses in other teams. And if they pick McKenzie at the back, seven o'clock kickoff, I'd say one or two pints on board maybe come kickoff time. <laughs> the crowd going absolutely buck ape. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's you'd be surprised though. It makes such a difference, you know, to the players. Just that yeah level of What's the word? Insanity out of the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> like, the that's, that's what makes the difference, you know? I mean, these guys are they're not robotic. They, they're going to feed off that. And yeah. like, it's going to be... Imagine people, when they see the haka, like they'll be like, whoa. And then Ireland are going to just rip into it. The fact that New Zealand do have a greater propensity now for our, for our scoring from lineouts and set pieces in general, and you guys alluded earlier to how maybe they're not quite of the same calibre man for man as they were in 2016 or even before that, 2015. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably a up for debate. You know? yeah. I think the great thing about it is that it's when you're gone, you're gone. And that's 
the country that exhibits that better than anyone. But are the teams now more similar, do you think, I than think they Ireland were when massive, we last met? Massive advantage in the fact that they have one of their own coach in Ireland. You know what I mean? He's one of the one of the best, if not the best coach in the world. One of them definitely. And and but you can be sure from I would say when they came into camp for the four game series, I'd say the first ten minutes was kinda talking about this game. And then it was game by game, but he firmly believes that his players uh, will, will beat New Zealand. And, and you get so much direction from the confidence and desire of the coach. Hmm. Murray, uh, have you another analysis? Yeah, we're just going to look at, um, we want to get your thoughts on um, some of the defensive stuff that the Wolves do, because their system is quite different, a little bit more old school almost. Um, in that everyone now is kind of defending with 13, even 14 in the line, aren't they? The All Blacks generally tend to keep their scrum half back out of it. Um, and you've seen, like, there's so few weaknesses in their attack, defence, whatever it is, line out. Um, but you've seen quite a few teams kind of go after them in, in this area. Uh, we just want to have a look at a couple of examples from this, from this year. Um, the, the Aussies kind of counter back here. And you see Aaron Smith come into shot there. Uh, sorry, I'll just use a little circle there. He's just coming into the line from a backfield position. Um, and generally, like, if that was Conor Murray, you know, he'd probably be straight into that line, wouldn't he? He's always in the line defending with Ireland. Instead, uh, Aaron Smith tends to kind of hang back, organise guys around that ruck. Uh, and you're going to see Genia kind of take advantage of it. Reid is just kind of counter-ruck there, and that's what Genia is kind of taking advantage of. He just snipes to the outside of him. And Smith is just a little bit hesitant to go in and fill that hole, I guess, because he knows his role is to organise guys around the ruck. Um, and it's only a little half break. And, and Smith, in fairness, does cover it, but they're always looking for that space. Now you've got that front foot, that quick ball. Again, it's something similar here. You see TJ Paranara, who could possibly even start this weekend, um, filling in behind rather than getting up here or up here into the defensive line. And again, the Wallabies are, are going to take advantage of that. They just move the ball to the left of the play. And Joe Moody, if we just roll back, actually, He's just there. He's kind of retreating into the defensive line. And again, that's Conor Murray. He probably fills in there, uh, fill the space, make it a strong uh, kind of rook uh, edge defense. Instead, they go through that hole again uh, with the scrum half just sitting back off, off, off the back of the rook. Here's the, the last little example. Argentina have been really going after this space um, in, in the last few years. There's Perinara again. Let's just track him uh, as play unfolds. Standing in behind the defensive line, there he is approaching the rook. And he's going to stay in behind it again. Just that organization role in behind. But now you can see that space there opening up. Save wants to, wants to drift onto all those options the, the Pumas have. Um, and he just steps back into the space. You see that tackle on the ground. It's actually the same thing Dan Levy got um, once we catch up there. Uh, that Dan Levy got penalized for last weekend, a tackle, a tackle on the ground. But again, going back into that space. Like I wonder, from your point of view, having coached, obviously, defense so much, what are... I guess the advantages of him being withdrawn the, the scrum half, and is that kind of an area that Ireland? Yeah, I think go after? the two things that jump out of me there are um, kind of the, the two defenders either side of the ruck. I don't think then I don't think there's early identification. I don't think their spacing is right. I think I actually I don't know how to defend genuinely how the All Blacks defend in terms of you know what I mean you have to yeah it's obviously something that the defence coach has decided with his nines because he can't be everywhere but sometimes if you try and overcover you kind of dilute what your main role is and it looks to me he's sweeping there mm. but 
I don't, I don't think he is the issue at all there. I think it's, it's you, you can see the rock at some stage they've triple potted on one side and, and no negative guard. And on the other ones, there's, there's uh, Cody Taylor is, is, is double jobbing and you're most vulnerable around the rock. Yeah. Because that's what, um, you know what I mean? Teams will kind of play one or two dummy phases to create that. Yeah. And um, I'd say the coach mightn't be too happy with you showing that tonight. <laughs> <laughs> the keys to the kingdom. Yeah, but I guess just on Joe, like you obviously had that insight with him on that tour. Like, did you get an insight into how he picks out those little... Because there's no one better at picking out a weakness, even on phase three, four. Yeah, there's one thing picking it out, but then coming up with a play, kind of, that, that will that will work. I can remember watching a game, was it, uh, was it Leinster against Bath, or Leinster a good few years ago? Uh, Leinster against Wasp, I think, and Sean Crone was playing, and they designed a play from with a chip, where, and it was beautifully done, but it's, it's all Schmidt's homework. I mean, it's just textbook analysis, and this is how we're going to play it, and mm. why we'll play it, try. Like, how good would that be feeling yeah. the player and, and going in at half time and kind of nice one, boss? <laughs> yeah. Or even the one where Ty Furlan puts Bundy away on the, in the Grand Slam game in Twickenham. Like. And I think they had played that um, three years previously. Yeah. And put in the kind of the deep freezer yeah. for when it's going to come next. And, Kind of nice when it works in a Grand Slam decider, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> How? Well, like, you look at that. That's coaching in that too. It's um, so ball off the top. Connor gets it, takes a step. You CJ on the CJ's on the uh, on a hit line, okay. And because of the coaching he gets, in a lot of teams, that's his job done. You look. So he's on the hit line, hands up, about to get the ball. It goes behind him. He changes his line, comes off his right foot, left foot, massive support line, because all week in training, Bundy was playing the ball outside, and mm. it's a back in to CJ, and his momentum gets him to hit the bottom of the post. But a lot of guys would be kind of happy with their first job, but under Joe, it's kind of, what's my next job? And it was just there, like, so he's under decoy rowing, holding the back of the line out. Then next job is, okay, nice one, I'm going to set the scored a try that wins a Grand Slam for Ireland and how many times has he run that in training and never got the ball? Mm. Yeah, know, I think it's um, it just shows uh, what work rate is and uh, buying into what's best for the team. Yeah, what else did you get from Joe in that, that week? Uh, he's great hunger, desire, he's he's um, he um, I was inspirational, you know. It was just, it was, a, it was a great week to just. Uh, he's a good team now, around him. You know yeah. what I mean? I think Joe is obviously the main man, but he, I think it's nice the way that uh, there's a lot of good coaches there. Like Greg Feek is really impressive. Which it's only kind of when you play out half or scrum half, you kind of really appreciate what right shoulder up is. You know, if you can get your right shoulder up. In the yeah. At scrum time. Yeah. Or, are in certain moves if you can manipulate it just for you know what I mean so the the nine to be able to kind of hit you on your right hand so you're able to just get those across the pitch so you might entertain the second defender little things like that make 
make a big difference. And uh, Simon Easterby was there, Faz was with the Lions, so I didn't see him. But it was, it was just, um, I just Joe's kind of, I suppose, great passion for it. You know what I mean? It was just driving it from half seven in the morning to half ten at night. And there was little coffee breaks here and there, but there weren't many. <laughs> Before we get. Uh predictions from both of you gents. We'll run through a couple of questions from yourselves. Uh, there's a couple coming over my shoulder and I have one here from uh, Easalt Cody. What would be the biggest difference you've noticed in the approach taken by the Crusaders to what you would have noticed in provincial rugby in Ireland and what would you most like to implement here from your time down there? Good question. Good question. Yeah. The biggest difference Coaching wise, or technically, or culture? Um, There's a lot of things to consider. <laughs> yeah, it's. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think, to be fair, I think that was actually easel. <laughs> what would I like to bring back here? I, I think the great thing that I find is that. You don't, get, you don't get it from work experience or you don't get it from going on a PD trip or anything like that. It's kind of, it was great the fact that, well, in hindsight, it's always great um, after the event, but we'd lost the first two of the four games and you're going into an environment that are reigning champions and you're under the pump, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's that kind of moment of adversity when, when, um, when things aren't going well that the, that the coaching team stick to what the plan was as opposed to oh no we need to do more of this more of this i like that 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 kind of genuine trust factor as opposed to just saying it right that was something that i would kind of believe in big time it was uh preparation is everything that's that's what i take but i've also i think uh it's great to go to a place where i don't have to do any guesswork now in terms of what are they like? I know exactly what they're like. So right. That's in, something that interests me. Very interesting. Barry Kiley has a question. Uh, in the event that Murray is injured, who would your preferred uh, option be to play alongside at nine um, if you were still a player? I don't know because I haven't seen enough, to be honest. But what I've seen in Marmion, I think he deserves to start because uh, I think he's been any chance he's been given, he's been good, really good. I admire a guy that, I think, was it 40 minutes in the wing against Australia and put his yeah. body on the line. That will impress his teammates a lot, it impress his coach. It's just, um, he's kind of not playing that frequently, but when he's played, he's played well. Um, but I'm a big fan of Luke McGrath too. It was interesting last week, and Marmion snipes in for a try. Then McGrath goes, "Well, <laughs> I'll show you and I'll raise you." <laughs> and I went to see the Leinster game in the RDS because it's just a kind of watching them on TV was going, "Geez, these guys are really good. I want to see these." But it's better to go and to see it in the flesh. And uh, McGrath's pass is really good. Um, just zips it. Um, so. Um, the reality is, I would think it's going to be 50 30 minute split. The two of them are going to have to have big moments this weekend. Mm. So, like, I think that's the, the good thing about if you're in the camp. To us on the outside, it's who's going to start. If I was there, you'd be kind of 
you can have as much impact in five minutes than the guy you had in 75 minutes. You've got to be ready to play, and a lot of subs aren't ready to play. Mm. Not, not in these two camps, but generally in, in club teams, they kind of give out that they're not starting and then kind of miss a beat, and all of a sudden they can't get to the pace of the game. Yeah, and you saw that impact last weekend. Like McGrath was really sharp, a lot of tempo off the bench, Cronin, all yeah, those guys were impressed. Like, uh, he made a fool of the Argentinian defender. Like, it was a great step and gone. Mm. Like, there was a defender there. It wasn't as if there was no one there. Yeah. People just kind of missed that point. <laughs> <laughs> Owen O'Connor asks, uh, if you could take one Irish player to the Crusaders, who would it be and why? Um, only one. <laughs> <laughs> I would take Conor Murray because he's class. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, there's, I think this is Chad Kinsella. Apologies if, if I've uh, misheard your name, Chad. Um, he says, an easy one. <laughs> Are we going to win? No pressure, but I'll be putting the house on your answer. <laughs> well, that takes us into predictions nicely. You're not getting a prediction from me, no way. Jeez. <laughs> uh, You're a man of your word so far, anyway. <laughs> it is that tough to call, in fairness. Oh, it's, it's, yeah. Let's start with I'll yourself, give you, I'll give you time to think. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but I do think the All Blacks are going to win this one. I think it'll be Ooh. a similar... yeah. <laughs> Similar context to what it's been. I thought it was interesting that the Kiwis are talking this week about when they came to Dublin two weeks after Chicago, they got too caught up in the kind of vicious physicality. Um, I thought it was really interesting because obviously it was a memorably brutal test match. I don't think I've ever been at a game where it was the contact was... Obviously there was a lot of foul play as well, stuff that would be yellow-red cards now uh, in the game today. But I think it was interesting that they learned a lesson from that. I think they'll be just a, a little bit more clinical, a little bit more focused on what has got them to this point in the season. Um, I think they'll just get over, over the line against Ireland, unfortunately. <laughs> Jesus, we're ending on a very... Uh, enough. <laughs> Raj, can you rescue the evening here? The easy thing would be to say Ireland to win, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be. Uh, I don't know, genuinely. I'm, I'm, um, I just... Um, I, I Can't separate them. No, I, I, I'm actually... Because I think there'll be sparks and fireworks. It'll be... Like, the discipline issue is going to be absolutely huge. I think they will probably, as you say now, like, any headshot is a red card. Is it going to be a red card? Mm. So, so many variables can, will dictate. Yeah, but the, I think that's where Ireland are so good. I think Ireland are just impeccable around the tackle area. Um, but this is going to be a game where uh, I just never forget when you play them, they kind of... Your heart beats a little bit faster. You have less time on the ball. Um, it's 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 as hard as a test match you'll ever play. But that's where you want to play them. That's the beauty of playing them. Um, home advantage is big, uh, really big. Um, the crowd is going to be huge, hugely important. And I think um, yeah. At the same time, I suppose um, you kind of think New Zealand or you know what I mean. There's a reason they're the best team in the world because every team that plays ups their game. So you imagine that, like, 
how much their heads must be wrecked by going, everyone going out to play them, it's to like their World Cup final, and they're yeah. like, oh, fuck, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like every week of the year. Uh, and then they, but that's why they trust their process so much. Um, I will go. Oh. If only we thought of getting a drum roll. <laughs> I will go 18 all. <laughs> <laughs> We'll take it. Eh? Really? <laughs> I don't know what Joe will take it. No, maybe not. It's a, yeah, it's a fair one. You can't, you can't say, what do you think, guys? 80 and all as well, I think, by the sounds of it. They're all asleep, are they? <laughs> <laughs> so we have to pick uh, a winner for the tickets, of course, with thanks to, to Aldi. Uh, I'll go through the questions again, Ronan, and you might make the call on this one. Hopefully it'll be... Uh, Although the questions were actually of an exceptionally high standard as well, to Very be fair, questions. hard, hard yeah, to so separate what, what, them as well. What's the criteria for, for judging the winner? Literally, which was your favourite question? <laughs> so, Sean O'Martin asked, uh, forget the breakdancing, have you tried the hacker yet? Daniel Byrne, what's your opinion on the recent comments regarding player recruitment from overseas by Ireland? Matthew O'Connor, if you could go back to one moment in your career and relive it, what would it be and why? Chad Kinsella, and I again apologise if your name is not Chad, but it looks like Chad from here. Easy one, are, you, are we going to win? No pressure, but I'll be putting the house on your answer. And then some of the early ones. Oh my God, I never read this one by Dermot Tobin. I apologise, Dermot. He asked, Leinster versus Crusaders, who wins? In one word, who wins? Crusaders. Hey! <laughs> Barry Kylie, when Murray is injured, who would be your preferred nine to play alongside? And Owen O'Connor, if you could take one Irish player to the Crusaders, who would it be and why? Do you have a, a favourite question? It's tough, it's tough. <laughs> what, what did the crow think? Oh! Well, um, we, could, we could maybe open it up to the floor and a good question then might win it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'm not the boss here. <laughs> How much time have we? You all got to go home, do you? <laughs> Well, I mean, we could, if anybody else has a question, I suppose he's, he is the captain now, so, uh, yeah. all right. No pressure, no, and if, Can you, what yeah, happens if on. it's a bad question, though, what happens them? there Shit. has to be... It comes back on you, then. How are you doing? You're talking about Ireland off scrums staying square on, so Bowden Barrett doesn't shoot through. Do you drop men down to the bottom? <laughs> 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 Are we going to answer that? Uh, what a ruthless crowd, I love it. Oh, uh, Sorry, you... mate, I'm lucky. Hi, Ronan. Give me a chance. So, uh, if you could go back in time. No, hold on, we have to start with it. What the Donegal Callan is it like, take me out, you have to give your name. Michael. 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 If you could go back in time. Uh, to your peak physical condition. What? But with the... <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Are we giving uh, them a second chance? Oh, go on, go on. James, <laughs> sorry. We're not going to get a question in <laughs> Oh, my God. Hello, Rog. Hello? Yeah. Hello? Rog, um... Just ask you, it's not a, it's a non-rugby question. Sorry, have you broken the rules already? 
Uh, I wondered, did you ever get a 50 in Pana? <laughs> Pana, boy. Pana. <laughs> You're gone, you never started your name. I'll translate for the dog. <laughs> Up the back, they're saying. <laughs> uh, this one's for Ronan. Uh, we saw Umaga and Brian Adresco both their differences. Hi, family learn. <laughs> uh, hi, it's Colin. You're gone. No, you're fucking gone. Gone, <laughs> fucking. Ruthless, well, you gotta be. That was your, mind you, you were only the fourth person. There's a lot of hands. Um, we saw during the week Umaga and Brian Adresco put their no, differences. No, no, you're beyond. gone, I said. <laughs> Look, there's loads of fellas here. Lads, you know, take me out, isn't it? Your name? Hi, my name is Mike Lorden from Cork City! Strong start. There have been many players in recent times who excel at mitre cup level. They've gone on to exceed it at professional level. Iwani, Mwanga, Papalipi as recent. How can we improve the Irish system to promote our senior contract to professional contracts, such as Neil Cronin. So players like Iwani, Bridge, and Papalipi, they've, they've gone from Mitre 10 level. How can we bring that back in? We're asleep. Taxi few, sir. Hey, Gav, this, Gav, this is going to be the last one. Yeah, last one, I think. Make it a good one. Here, so, uh, sorry, Alan from Waterford, Alan Jefferson. Uh, Come on, Adam. Go on, Adam, boy. Bring it home, though, Adam. Come on. Cheers, cheers. So, um, a lot of talk this week about this is Ireland's biggest week. I was just wondering what you compared to for, like, the build-up for the Twickenham uh, and eventual Grand Slam win. The tickets are yours, boy. Oh! <laughs> we got there in the end. <laughs> Standards. Yeah, do you want to actually answer the question? No, you? I don't, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> she will call it there, so it's probably as good a time as any. Uh, Ronan, thanks a million for coming out, really enjoyed it. Pleasure, Murray, pleasure as always. <laughs> Uh, thanks very much to, to everybody, all of you, for, for coming out, to everybody at Liberty Hall Theatre and, and the staff here for all their hard work, to the Irish Examiner for being kind enough to make Raj available for a chat, and to Aldi as well for supporting the event. Uh, a reminder as well, if you'd like to check out the Aldi Play Rugby website, it's a, a free form of non-contact rugby available in primary schools around the country. You can sign up there. Hope you enjoyed it. Thanks so much for coming out. Let's do them. Let's go, run! Thank you.